the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. So even though it's Pentecost, I'm going to read a little bit from John because we've been doing John for ages and there's a really important passage. So I'm going to read from my favourite book in the world, the Bible. And if you have a green Bible or you have a Bible on your phone, then we're going to be reading from John chapter 14 from verse 15 onwards. I'll give you five seconds. So this passage is Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. There's definitely a thematic link here. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Anyone who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you will be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. So this bit of John follows uh, verse 12, where Jesus has said that he's going to the Father in heaven. And I don't know about you, but if I was a disciple and I'd just been following Jesus around for months and months, I would be panicking a little bit. My whole lifestyle was based around this guy. My friend, my teacher, my rabbi, my everything is going away. I wonder if you've had something similar. I wonder if maybe you've been to a club or you've been to a society. Maybe you've learned something new and then it finishes and you just forget how to do it all because you don't have your helper with you. We might, you might have heard the word advocate in that passage. That basically means helper. But maybe if you put yourself in the uh, shoes of the disciples, you can imagine learning so much from Jesus and then thinking about Jesus going away It just means you think you can't do it. I used to try and learn new stuff every school holiday when I was about 14 or 15. So I have these really random skills now. So if ever you want to see me play the ukulele, throw a Diablo in the air and catch it some of the time, or go forwards and backwards on a skateboard, then you can come to me. But one of my more ill-fated learning experiences was when I was on holiday with my granny and grandpa in Cornwall, and I tried to learn to crochet. 
It, is, it was not in my wheelhouse, I'll tell you that. But for those of you who don't know what crocheting is, I'm one of those people. But I think you sort of put some yarn on a hook. I think it's called casting on. And then you twiddle your fingers like that. And then you end up, you end up with that, something really nice looking. And I'm really, really bad at following instructions, and I would have been useless if I'd looked at a YouTube video or tried to follow some instructions written down. But luckily, I had a helper. I had my granny. My granny was there to help me. And for 20 minutes, I was making great progress. I managed to make a line. And then after about 20 minutes, I lost interest. I moved on, and I did something else instead. But I had a need for a helper. I had a need for a teacher, someone to show me what to do. So I wonder uh, if you could turn to your neighbour, the person next to you, and you could tell them who the best teacher or helper you ever had was. Maybe it was in sport, maybe it was in school, maybe it was a youth group or something like that. Who's the best teacher or helper you ever had? (laughs) So the disciples, they think that their teacher, their helper, is going away. The person that's taught them everything is going away. They think the course is over, the club is finished, but no. Jesus promises us a helper. Can we read this together? Ready? Three, two, one. Jesus promised us a helper. Now really fast. Three, two, one. Jesus promised us a helper. Amazing. So when Jesus was on the earth, he was the helper to the disciples. And he was probably, God was closer to humankind than he had ever been maybe since the Garden of Eden when he was walking around with Adam and Eve. Jesus was so close that you could high-five him. Jesus was so close that he was washing the feet of his disciples, as we might have heard a few weeks ago, if you were in this building. And their their, their disciples' feet, they were probably pretty nasty. So Jesus was very close. Jesus was here. But Jesus doesn't promise that he's going to jump in our skin and drive us around like this man from Avatar or uh, from Aliens or something like that, or if you're really cultured, like this in Spy Kids 3, fantastic film. (laughs) Jesus didn't say he was going to jump in and drive us around. Instead, he said that God can come and live in us. It says that in verse 19, because I love you will also live. And and, um, what I'm trying to say is that God can come and live in us. So when you see a red slide, that means we're going to do some reading together. So let's read it again. Three, two, one. God can come and live in us. Amazing. God can come and live in us. But how does that happen? How does God come and live in us? Well, Tom and Christine told an amazing story of Pentecost. And that's the bit we're going to look at next, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And Pentecost was this big festival in Jerusalem. And it was around now, and it was the best time of year for traveling. And so people, the Jewish people, would come from all over to Jerusalem. People of many, 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 many different languages. And they would all be there. And it was a festival where they, I think, offered up the first uh, harvest of the year. And it was basically, if you know this word, young people, maybe you don't, it was the most cosmopolitan time of year in Jerusalem. So that was Pentecost. And Pentecost might have been, many people think that Pentecost was on the same day as Moses received the Ten Commandments from heaven. The same day, 1,400 years earlier. So... We're going to go on a little bit of a detour to Exodus, way, way back in your Bible. But in Exodus chapter 19 and 20, there's this big, big, big build-up before Moses receives the Ten Commandments from heaven. There's thunder, there's lightning, there's fire on this mountain called Mount Sinai. These are some photos from the time. (laughs) 
You can see they're very afraid, very scared. And God told Moses, don't let anyone near Mount Sinai or they will die. God was unreachable. God couldn't be accessed. God could not be reached. But actually, what do we see in Acts chapter 2? Instead of God being unreachable, God reached us. God came down in these tongues of fire, these flames of fire from heaven, and he came to us. So let's read this together. Three, two, one. God has given us the Spirit. Let's do it really fast. Three, two, one. God has given us the Spirit. Amazing. I can't really picture these things of fire floating above people's heads, but the closest thing I could think of is from this game, The Sims, with the green diamonds floating above characters' heads. I don't actually know what the green diamonds mean because I've never played The Sims before, but that's uh, that's how I kind of picture these these, um, tongues of fire above people's heads. So God has given us the Spirit, and there's these tongues of fire above people's heads, and it means that all of a sudden, they're speaking these random different languages. They're speaking to all of the many, many cultures that are in Jerusalem at the time. And it's on the same day, perhaps, as Moses got the Ten Commandments from God. 1,400 years before Pentecost, Moses got the gift of the law from heaven. 1,400 years later we get the gift of the Holy Spirit from heaven. And that means that there's one less barrier to sharing the good news because the disciples are suddenly able to communicate with all of these people from all over in all of these languages that they probably couldn't speak a word of before that. And we see this in verse 26 of John to tie it all together from Acts to John. The advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit is there. And I don't always want my granny with me. That's what I'm going to say. Like, I, I have no interest in learning to crochet anymore, but I don't always want my granny, my helper, with me, by my side all the time. I definitely don't want her voice in my head all the time, but I do want this helper, this helper to teach me all the things that Jesus has taught us, to keep us going, to help us to share the story. So, my question to you guys, how are you going to share the story? Because with the Spirit, we can share the story. Should we read that together? Three, two, one. With the Spirit, we can share the story. How are you guys going to do that? You've heard from myself and Sarah talk about the amazing ministries that we have going on on a Friday night. All of these unchurched kids coming in. Young people, sorry. And um, where are you going to do that? Is it going to be at work? Is it going to be at school? Is it going to be at football or cricket? Is it going to be at the swimming pool, at the cafe, at the gym? Where are you going to share the story? So it's an all-together service today. And I'm going to encourage you, instead of me praying at the front, I'm going to encourage you to either close your eyes and pray by yourself or turn to the person next to you. Use these pointers here and pray together. I'm just going to get us started. Lord, thank you for the Spirit. Thank you for the gift that you've given us from heaven that we're able to share the story. We're able to... Um, you're able to come and live in us. It is the most incredible gift we could ever receive. Amen.